you, you probably find a, a hard time uh, getting the, the shows up uh, recently. That's because the company, the satellite company that I have to deal with, because I'm in the rural areas here, um, have leaned on me, basically. Someone's leaned on them from the government, no doubt, and uh, told someone with the old school tie to give me a hassle. Lots of hassles I've had in the, in the past with them, but they've literally cut my speed less than half. And um, once it goes below a certain speed, I can't upload at all. And that's what, what's again happened last night. I can't even record this live from the internet because I'm doing this show. Because that's just poor speed they've given me. And we'll talk more about that when I come back because people shouldn't join ExploreNet when they get ripped off like this. So I'll explain after this break. Probably uh, in view of each other. 
This is the con games that are played when you get harassment from the top. And this is from the top, because someone in Canada has given the words to someone with the old school tie and told them just make, give them a hard, hard time. And I promise you, any more of this stuff, and I've told them this too in an email, I'll put up a, a website dedicated to putting them down and telling folk not to go on ExploreNet. And I'll stop talking about them when they give you back up to the proper speed that I'm paying for. That's my deal, you see. That's the only way you can deal with these people because they're, they're full of dirty tricks. And that's how they really come after people. They don't just bump you off left, right, and center. They should really have to. But they, they make it so hard for you to move or do anything uh, in the hope that you'll just throw up your arms and give up. That's what they hope. You see? Standard, standard harassment procedure from the top. So I'll, I'll keep on at this every night and until they have the courtesy to reply to me on anything at all to do with this particular case. Now, I'm sure everyone out there in the audience knows that we truly are on a roll into a really totalitarian system. Uh, you, you can't open a newspaper on any day without seeing more laws passed, uh, more calls for totalitarian uh, policies from people with uniforms on, policemen and all that kind of stuff, and, and officials at the top of policing, all demanding more rights to stick it to the public, basically. And um, that is all about the New World Order. Everybody who's a control freak now seems to be deliberately put into place at the right places to make all of, of this come about. But to most folk, they get, they get lost in it. It's a bewilderment of barrage of attacks from so many different directions, they can't really uh, make sense of it either. They shut down altogether. But the plan is very, very simple. You can look into the histories of any totalitarian regimes in the past because they're all the same, and you apply it to this one. It's not difficult to do. You always get a system. You put it, you're studying communism or, or say, Nazism. It's always the same system. You have the top clique at the very top who know the policies and the theory of their particular religion. See? And you have all these fanatics down below them that, that are the enforcers of the religion. And then you have all of the, tech, the, the pyramid all the way down to the bottom citizenry who have to obey uh, the particular system. But it's all run from the top, and everyone in it is watched. That's, that's a standard policy. They didn't have this, this uh, ability to, to watch everyone so minutely as they do today, back in the Soviet era or uh, in, the, in the German uh, Nazi era. But they certainly do have it today. And it's no coincidence that uh, the same big companies that worked on managing the totalitarian regimes, you know, IBM, these kind of guys, um, are still at it today as well. People think they're separate companies, but that's not true at all. They're not separate companies. At the very beginning of the Cold War, they said uh, that the country that would win would be the country with the highest technology and science. Therefore, obviously, they couldn't allow any particular company with a good idea to come out with technology and sell it to the public that hadn't been authorized by those at the top. 
if he was had sudden access to information and so on, uh, that would not do. So they made sure that they would set up the CIA and MI6 set up set up legitimate corporations, international corporations legitimate ones. They would lead the field, so to speak. Now, you can't lead the field unless you're getting incredible funding from the taxpayer. You can't do it. It's all war-based economies where science flourishes. And therefore, they've had these ongoing wars, wars on terror, wars on poverty, wars on wars on wars on, all the way back, you see. And wars on the reds. Now it's on the greens or those who are anti-green you get very confused with the colours but it's the same techniques that are in use today and the ones at the top have access to all the data on every single individual almost across the whole planet that's an incredible power that they've never had before and they have deemed it with all their meetings over the the last 40-50 years at the top that they would go through stages or phases of society with the upcoming generations and they planned a long long time ago to reduce the populations they'd have to reduce it they said to manage them that means dominate them when they say manage it means dominate you see because the power elite must always remain the power elite the first order of business is to protect the power elite which most folk think of as the governmental structure, but it's higher than government because most of the guys who make the, give the orders uh, don't have to be in government. They tell governments what to do. In fact, everybody in government is put there by them. That's the real meaning of democracy. Just like they wouldn't take a risk on allowing competition, say, in the field of technology, they'd have to always be the, the advanced guard. The same thing goes with politics. You could never let someone come in there that was really genuine and really would speak for the people and demand the rights of the people when you have a particular agenda that's not very kind to the people on your books waiting to go. So the politicians are vetted years before we ever hear the names of them and groomed for their positions. I'm sure they even know, um, they probably even knew when Obama came in that uh, he would be coming in 10 years from 10 years before sort of thing. I really mean that's how well organized it all is. Uh, after so-and-so, it'll be your turn. That's how it's done. And because they've got to be sure of their man. They've got to be sure of them, 100% sure. No risk at all. Got to be 100% sure of your man. That's how the, the Western democracies work and still work today. And we have the, the coming out for the first time over the last few years of the big foundations openly advocating the direction that the society is to take the world society with their myriad of non-governmental organizations. Really, uh, this is how the new the Soviet was, was run. This is the new Soviet system for the planet, an updated, upgraded Sovietized system. Sovietization was ruled by councils. And the council leaders were all chosen by the Politburo. In our societies, the heads are all chosen by the foundations themselves. And this is what's called the parallel government. And now they're even openly taking in the heads of the NGOs into the big world meetings with them, pretending that they speak on behalf of the people, these special interest groups. Whereas in actual fact, they protest government and demand government pass certain laws to 
save the environment and cut down the population on behalf of their masters like the Rockefellers. It's a beautiful cover, isn't it? Getting, getting the young, always, always enthusiastic young, brainwashed in a certain area, not really by giving them all information, but, but selected information, and that's how you mislead people, by not giving them the rest of the story. So they use idealism, and these youngsters are just like young, Sovietized, brainwashed people. Same techniques are used. Even within their own particular groups, they use a communist system, where the top, from the top down. In communism, you had to study Lenin and Marx your whole life long. Your whole life long, if you were a member of the party. The idea being that through repetition and repetition, you would lose the self into the party. The party was the cause. You're a cog in the machine, and you'd be proud to be so. Back with more after this break. I'm Alan Watt, and we're cutting through the matrix, just explaining how similar the techniques used for the greenies out there are uh, to the techniques uh, used for the Sovietized system, the so-called Stalinist or Leninist concept, and how you could you had to go buy the book once you, you joined these particular organisations and only read uh, pro-Marxian uh, stuff. Now it's all you must read the, 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 the Lenins of the greening movements. That's all you, you read is the, that particular kind of stuff. Anything else is taboo, and that's to com- complete the indoctrination process by constant repetition. That's how you, you lead to fanaticism. And of course they're using fanaticism to bring in this so-called New World Order uh, with the promise, and there's always, there's always a lie attached to the promise, that they're going to bring in this lovely utopia uh, for all, and it isn't until you look at the rest of the policies, and uh, especially the ones by Crispin Tickle, Sir Crispin Tickle, the advisor uh, on Optimum Population Trust, his advisor Prince Charles in the British Parliament, they want to reduce the population, so you get all these willing workers who are really bringing in their own extinction, because you can guarantee, like uh, Julian Huxley said, that many would believe they would have the right to come through into this new world, and they're going to be sadly disappointed. Well, guess what? You're going to be all those who are greeny and don't want to hear anything else except peace, love, and go green. This is a method to literally bring in what was called the Communist Manifesto, the redistribution of wealth. Not from those that have the wealth, but from people who are working and paying taxes. That's where it all comes from. Everyone knows it. And if you've noticed, too, the they're not going to make the big boys pay extra taxes. They never do. It was like when they jacked up all the taxes at one point, and even the Queen, for the first time, was um, went along with it, kind of tongue-in-cheek, to pay taxes. And then, I think, a Man Alive program, a documentary, they tried to find out how much it actually paid through this private um, accountancy firm that did all our bookkeeping for, and they, they couldn't even get past the guards at the gates. That's where the wealthy go, and of course it ends up she's paying nothing. In fact, they can actually claim more back than they, they put out, apparently. But uh, Elton John said the same thing at the same time. He says, uh, he says this doesn't affect the, the wealthy. He says, they always leave a, a loophole for us. 
So for all those fools who are always rah rahing more taxes, uh, they should understand that it's a communist idea. Re- redistribution of wealth is to flatten society, eliminate any middle classes right down so there's nothing left but uh, a, a very poorly educated, by the way, working class. That's where they've brought us to almost uh, now. And the ultra-elite, uh, well-educated bunch of technocrats and bureaucrats that run the system in a communistic fashion for, for the fascists above them. That really is it summed up. And, again, people don't even realize that the amount of communist um, Characters that still exist in society are still going along with the old ideals. And I used to wonder why the socialists and communists in Europe and elsewhere always push for higher taxes because coming from the working classes, uh, the only people who were suffering from paying taxes were the working classes. They were the only ones hurting. Leave you me in Europe. And... Um, these characters were always pushing for it, and that's when I, I clinked into the idea that somehow there was a connection between these policies of excessive taxation and the big bankers. And I was spot on. There's a big tie there because every group out there really is working for the big banker at the top. Even in, in world wars, you, you don't have two opposing sides. You've got two opposing sides, and you've got another one above them. They can have runs both sides. could stop either side too, and that's the banker. Lending out the cash, making these terms with compound interest rates and all the rest of it. The banking families are really a form of royalty. They use the same tactics as royalty. You can see it with the Rothschilds and all the other ones that came into to, to at least the limelight in the 1700s and in the 1800s, uh, but then they intermarry each other, just like royalty, you see? So they are the royalty of finance. And they have their own individual religion and their own individual belief system. And you better believe it that they want to make sure that the world is going to be their great-grandchildren in the futures, not ours, but theirs, as it always has been. But they use all these mealy-mouthed little prunes at the bottom to do the real fanatics that go along with it all, still falling for the old Marxist ideal of just higher taxes and get the fair society. This is from the Archbishop of Canterbury in England. And it's from the Telegraph uh, from 16th of November. Archbishop of Canterbury claims higher taxes will be good for society. Only a communist would say that. And it says here, Dr. Rowan Williams, Archbishop of Canterbury, concerned at U.S. approval of more uh, gay bishops and so on. He says, um, then he goes on about Dr. Williams. This is all the stuff up at the top. But it says here, Dr. Rowan Williams said that taxation should not be seen as a way of stifling business or redistributing wealth. Well, how are you supposed to see it? But helping to make the world a better place to live in. Well, what does that mean? It's going to stifle business and it's going to redistribute wealth from those who are working, how is it going to make a better place to live in? See, this is the fantasy of, of Lenin. You know, It's not meant to be understood. It was a lie from the beginning. And he is prattling this stuff off. And this guy is a lefty. He's actually left of Karl Marx. Back with more after this break.
You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi, folks. I'm Alan Watts, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix. Talking about... uh the communist-type system that is being used by those with the, the most amount of money on the planet to bring in this new world order of, of so-called sustainability. You see, they couldn't, Marx died, basically. He just dropped dead. And uh, they couldn't bring it in the old-fashioned way, but they were getting less people joining up and so on. And so they find a new way to achieve their aims. And, of course, global warming was the one that would fit the bill, as the Club of Rome said. And we'd all have to change our lives uh, to, to save the planet. What a great idea, a great con, isn't it? And here you have the communists against all prattling on about it, like Dr. Williams, the Archbishop of Canterbury, who's a, a self-confessed hairy lefty, he calls himself. And he's made a series of critical statements since last year's banking crisis on the excesses of the financial sector and Labour's attempt to spend its way out of recession. This is the guy who wants more taxes, eh? In his latest comments delivered to the Trade Union Congress Economics Conference on Monday, he pointed out that the term economics derives from a Greek word meaning housekeeping and should be about creating a habitat that we actually live in. He says, well, Mr. Harry Lefty, why don't you live in your own little hut and I'll live in mine? I mean, this character's never lifted a broom in his life. He's got housekeepers and everything uh, lifting up after him, cleaning up. It's okay for these guys who've got guaranteed paychecks, isn't it? I'd hardly call his job work. He's also a druid, by the way, you know. But that's the communist way, is infiltrate everything, become, get to the top, and that's it. However, he said that over the past few decades, the market had been treated as an independent authority, creating social disruption around the world and the extraordinary phenomena of debt trading. Well, he wants to increase taxation. That's more debt. That's more debt, you see. And the governments will spend it as fast as they get it on some other project for the elite at the top. As he's well aware of. He's well aware of where the money goes. And they always go cap in hand to the big bankers that this guy really, really serves. And the bankers live off debt and interest off the debt. Oh. Then he says, uh, he claims that the fantasies of unlimited growth had led to a vicious cycle etc., in which consumers are encouraged to buy more goods, which also uses up limited energy and raw materials. Instead, he said the economy should be geared towards creating a secure and sustainable environment for families. Listen to their absolute hypocrite here. As part of this, the Archbishop said, we started to ask about green taxes. Here we go, right on cue with the Rockefeller et al. agenda. This is including green tax breaks that will check environmental irresponsibility and build up resources to address the ecological crisis that may... What ecological crisis? It's all a fantasy dreamed up by them. But it's actually better than communism, isn't it? It's a better fantasy. And because it can scare the hell out of the people with imminent disaster. This is what they're doing. Even though the world is cooling, uh, that's got nothing to do with it. Nothing at all to do with it. They'll stick to that if you're up to your eyes in snow. So he thinks that, that uh, equal taxation will build a habitat, a habitat, a habitat. These guys think like armies. They love armies. They love people all marching along in armies. 
they love marching songs, marching tunes. And they've got to think of society as all being going along some road together. It makes them feel safer uh, rather than different people going out there doing their own thing. That kind of scares them, people doing their own thing from these totalitarian freaks. And if this guy truly was in a religion, which he obviously doesn't even believe in, and they probably never ever did, but if he still was in the religion and he did believe in it, he'd be all marching along singing Christian songs. Now it's, it's, it's ecological, because his nature would never change, whereas an atheist or, a, or he's a religionist doesn't change his nature. He loves this idea that we're all in it together, marching towards somewhere where the leaders have directed the, the Soviet system, you see. So enough on that stupid uh, left, uh, left of Marx character. But this is the rubbish that we're getting fed from well-placed leaders at this particular time, all-night positions at this particular time. And I mentioned last night that uh, Holland is the first country. They're even, they've been chosen. You see, these characters don't come out and just put on green road taxes. I'm having a green road tax. We're on tarmac. Eh? But anyway, uh, green road taxes and you pay, you pay by the kilometer. That was from the 14th of, of November, from the Independent. And uh, they didn't even wait for the Copenhagen Treaty to be signed. They want to show that they're really good guys. But they've really been chosen for the task. You see, that's because for about 20, 30 years now, uh, all of the world's been saying, well, they do this and so and so over in Japan, so we should do it too. And uh, they're cutting heads off and, uh, uh, down there in the jungle in um, uh, Latin America, so we should do that as well. And, and so that's how, how they do that. But they've been chosen, the Netherlands, because obviously they think that the people there would have less chance of really bitching or doing something about or protesting it than elsewhere. That's why they've chosen the Netherlands to kick it off. And it says here, the Dutch government said Friday it wants to introduce a green road tax by the kilometre from 2012 aimed at cutting carbon dioxide emissions by 10% and halving congestion. Each vehicle will be equipped with a GPS device that tracks how many kilometres are driven and when and where. They're going to track their every movement. This data will then be sent to a collection agency that will send out the bill. You'll get a bill sent, you see. The Transport Ministry said in a statement. Ownership and sales taxes, about a quarter of the cost of a new car, a quarter of the cost, eh, will be scrapped and replaced by the price per kilometre system aimed at cutting Holland's carbon dioxide emissions by 10%. And it says Dutch motorists travelling at a standard family saloon will be charged 3 euro cents per kilometre, which is 7 US cents per mile in 2012. That's just starting off. That will increase to 6.7 cents. That's 16 US per mile in 2018, according to proposed law. Well, you know, once you get on the books there, they'll jack it up by the 20 cents and 25 cents and, and so on, whenever they want to. That, that's, again, the standard procedure. And when they're doing that, they already had the big OPEC meeting with the oil boys and told them to hold back their oil, and so the prices will go up before they sell it to the public and here it is today people again think that oil companies and so on are somehow independent now no country would allow itself to be held at ransom by a private business that 
tells you, you see, you're already in the age of, of, of feudalism, corporate feudalism, that's merged with, with banking, it's mer- actually it's run by banking. Uh, whoever gives out the loans is a, is a boss, believe you me, and governments as well, they go cap in hand to borrow money from the bankers. Uh, they never allow someone to hold them at ransom, therefore it's all decided amongst them at the top. November the 19th, 2009, sharks off the British coast, oil tankers, which refuse to unload, unload until prices rise, keeping your fuel costs soaring. 19th of November, 2009, Mail Online, these tankers have been parked off our shores for months, refusing to unload their oil until prices have risen even higher. The delay makes millions for speculators and keeps your petrol costs soaring, I should gasoline. This is laden with fuel-free oil tankers sit idly within sight of the British coastline, playing a waiting game that's driving up gasoline prices for hard-pressed motorists. They're part of a flotilla of 10 vessels refusing to unload their cargo until market speculation has driven up its price to the level they want. And as the value of that cargo is currently rising by over £1 million per day, driven partly by profiteering traders and speculators, it's unlikely to see a gasoline station anytime soon. Now, as I've said before, uh, these things all work together at the top because, believe you me, a, a government could quite easily just say, hey, you're going to import here again. Or slap a massive fine on them for playing the dirty. It doesn't happen because it's all agreed upon uh, by those at the top, those who really run the whole system. It's all agreed upon. And with uh, Holland spearheading this uh, carbon tax on your driving, again, to a great scam, a carbon tax. Um, you can see where it's all going. People will get uh, hit hardest in rural areas where they have to travel to work, or uh, the prices too will all go up for all this, the incoming groceries, etc. That's standard. You pay a lot more in the country than you do. Uh, in the city, at the stores, and uh, gradually, gradually, they'll be forced out into the major cities that are already overcrowded, but that's okay. We've all to live on top of each other until this generation dies off with all the cancers and so on that we're full of, apparently, since we got the first polio vaccines, and uh, we'll die off very quickly over a 30-year period, but we'll riot now and then in the meantime, and that's what they're getting all ready for, and have been for the last 20-odd years. We're living through an agenda, absolute agenda. And they always give you a many, a many or a, a, a thought, a way, a, a religion, a cause to believe in for each part of the agenda. And that's what you're going through right now. It's interesting, too, that Canada are going to get new uniforms for urban jungle warfare in Canada. Is that a little hint, perhaps, of things to come? This is from the Ottawa Citizen, November the 18th, 2009. This is future Canadian soldiers could be wearing new uniforms designed to provide camouflage on the streets of our largest cities. Our largest cities. That's for the hard of thinking. The Defence Department will know by March what designs might work for what is being called a Canadian urban environment pattern. These designs are to be based on the unique requirements of, of the urban van- settings of Vancouver, 
City, Montreal and Toronto, according to an outline of the project being coordinated by scientists at Defence Research and Development Canada in Suffield, Alberta. This is Ottawa, the nearest centre of government and the military was left off the list because it doesn't rate as a metropolitan centre, a major metropolitan centre. That's true, they do no work there. It says, we're not trying to slight any city in the country, explains Scott Duncan, head of the Soldier and Systems Protection Group at RDRDC Suffield. We chose the three largest urban centres to have baseline data in its early development project. Said information gathered on what patterns might work best in those three cities could also have applications for other urban centres. They said the $25,000 study to come up with camouflage patterns did not necessarily mean a new uniform would be produced for the Canadian forces anytime soon. Once the patterns are determined, results will be presented to the Canadian military. It will be up to the leadership on how to proceed, he added. Then it goes back to why they're doing it. Uh, this, is the, uh, this is the beautiful... If you were to refer back to Canada First Defence Strategy, one of the principal mandates that has been given to our military is that they must provide protection to the citizens of Canada and help exercise Canadian sovereignty, Duncan said. I heard there was an army of Laplanders going to come down here sometime in the near future. They're fed up with eating uh, reindeer meat. Given our large urban population, should any operations be required, there's a good probability that some of them will be taking place in urban environments. Now remember, the Department of Defense for NATO and Britain gave us 90-page documents of the upcoming uh, riots for 30 years. It's to be a 30-year riot period as they bring in food shortages and and all man-made planned um, things. And that was followed by the U.S. military that came out with the same agenda. I have them up on my website under the archive section. But Canada also came out with this. And lo and behold, they all agree with each other. There's going to be 30-odd years of riots and so on and unrest amongst the population. So here they are getting all ready for just like the sci-fi movies they showed you uh, where you have all these guys with all the camel gear on fighting urban warfare against this uh, bunch of peasants in rags and firing slingshots and all that kind of stuff. So they're they're brazenly going ahead, getting not ready for it all, because that's their orders right from the top. That's why they're doing it. They've been told to. It's quite something. And then we have more Canadians. Canada loves to portray itself as a country that's kind of pristine uh, with all that lovely white snow uh, that's covered with uh, all the stuff from the chemtrails. But anyway... It tries to keep quiet and out the major media over nasty incidents and corruption, even though there's plenty here. Uh, just as it did when it kept it out of the world's news, the Canada led the world in military, uh, bacterial and viral warfare. And did so from the start of World War II right up to the present. But uh, once in a while something comes out and they, they, they get their... They they get their faces all muddy. It says here, Canada, Canadians handed over innocent Afghans for torture. This is by a diplomat uh, who was based there. Wednesday, November the 18th, the Canadian press. It says, federal officials have dropped a political bombshell in Parliament, alleging suspects handed over by Canada to Afghan authorities were tortured 
and that the government was at best indifferent and at worst it tried to cover it up. Richard Colvin, an intelligence officer based in Washington, who spent 18 months in Afghanistan in the number two diplomatic post, delivered the stunning revelations to a packed committee room Wednesday. His camp precise recitation to the Special House of Commons Committee on Afghanistan directly contradicts nearly three years of assurances by the Conservative government that there was no credible evidence prisoners handed over to local authorities were abused in violation of international law. What they were doing there was the same thing as the U.S. was doing in Iraq, too. And this is how the army runs. It runs with, with the bureaucrats, basically. And orders come down from the top with certain quotas to fulfill. And they have to go out and do it. This round people up that are walking in streets. It doesn't matter. As long as their numbers, you see their head counts. And they're all put in for, for torture and abuse. And um, as long as those, those quotas are fulfilled... Uh, in bureaucracy, everyone's happy. Who suffers is, is none of their business. They don't care. That's why they had the same kind of thing in the movie Brazil. Harry Williams' movie, excellent movie, about uh, a very near future scenario where government is in total control of every aspect of life. Exactly. He knew the scheme because he'd been brought up and educated in some of the best places on the, on the planet. And he obviously mixed with the people at the top who were discussing these things. Now they'd have cameras up everywhere and how they'd have SWAT teams coming into folks' houses and kidnapping people very efficiently and killing the wrong people once in a while through bureaucratic blunders. And their whole job then, the whole movie in fact, is how they cover their ass and try to blame other departments for this, this uh, screw-up. The, the people who get killed uh, really don't matter much at all to them. And that's what we're going into now. Back with more after this break. I'm Alan Watts, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix. Just reading an article about Canada and how the troops there have been doing exactly the same as the U.S. troops and handing over uh, prisoners to fulfill quotas, basically. People who are in the wrong place at the wrong time. And uh, how it's alienating the people from the troops who are supposedly there to win the foreigners over. Well, they're not foreigners, you see. They live there. And uh, uh, they're not insurgents. They're resistance uh, movements. People don't like being invaded. Uh, and eventually pipelines put across their land and all their goodies taken from them for foreign powers. That's what's happening, as is happening in Iraq. I mentioned last week how they awarded the top oil, oil contracts to people like, um, I think it was um, Exxon and all these characters. They got the first grabs at it all, presents, if you like, of uh, the oil fields there. Same thing will happen in uh, Afghanistan. And by the way, the poppies are still growing and the heroin is flowing because it's been protected by the troops. The first thing that Bush uh, did once they went into Afghanistan was to allow the regrowing of poppies. Because after all, Poppy Bush was uh, not named Poppy Bush for nothing. And he was head of the CIA at one time as well as being president. And uh, that's when they were do swapping all the drugs for guns and all the rest of it to supposedly fight the lefties. Nothing changes. We might manage to get Aaron in from Oregon. Is Aaron there? Hi, Alan. Actually, it's Karen. 
Oh, it's Karen. Okay. Yeah. Hi. Listen, thank you very much for all that you do. Uh, I have a question for you. What do you think of Connell Congress 2009? Aside from the fact it's being totally boycotted by the regular, privately paid for media. I, I don't really know who's going to it or, 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 or what really is going to be set up at it or whatever. Oh, Alan, I really want to encourage you. Please go to it. You can go to, uh, actually, if you go to taxfree15.com, you'll find a link to it. You can watch it live. And actually, it's people, delegates who have been voted on by people in their states from every state in the United States, Bob Schultz is spearheading it. Um, Edward G. Griffin has been involved. Gary Franchi is involved. And these people are really taking the time to legally, legally document all the numerous grievances of our government gone wild and then to form a plan of action to peacefully and totally begin to withdraw support. And it, it would be, in my opinion, it's an awesome way for us to start to take back our power. Well, I'll tell you one thing, something has to be done, because um, if it goes much, much further, there'll be no chance of taking anything back. So, so I quite agree with you. Um, something really drastic has to be done, because uh, if you can't air your grievances, uh, that's the last right that you have, and have people to address them and do something about them, they know darn well at the top themselves there's nothing left except riots. Uh, and it seems to me... Uh, that uh, they may very well ignore uh, everything that's uh, said by the people at the bottom uh, trying to get their rights back, uh, and they may just go ahead with this whole scheme anyway. It looks to me as if the U.S. was taken over quite some time ago completely. And um, Well, it was taken over, but I believe that these are seriously steps to take it back. And I, I really want to encourage you, please go to taxfree15.com. Take that link and check out what they have to say and, and look at some of what is happening because it's an historic event that is being completely ignored by the media. Mm -hmm. I will check it out. Yeah. Thank you very, very much. And thank you for all you do and the happy news you give us each and every day. <laughs> That's right. right? Okay. It's, it's always raining here, you see. But uh, thanks for calling. And uh, from Hamish myself and Ontario, Canada, it's good night. I mean, your God or your God's go with you.